Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Hi, I'm Tim Kleiner. This is my wife, Jennifer. We work on staff here at Refuge. I'm the Financial and Facilities Director, and my wife, Jennifer, is the Program Director for Canaland Early Learning. And we just want to take this time just to um, tell you our story. Um, we've been a part of the church now for 12 years, and uh, we moved up here from the state of Oklahoma. And at that time, we had felt like God was um, leading us up north and uh, searching out different places where to, to move um, to. And um, I have family that lives in Minnesota, so we thought that God was directing us to Minnesota. Um, um, I did not want to move to Wisconsin. I'm originally from Wisconsin in the Milwaukee area, and then I lived in Eau Claire as a kid, um, but never wanted to move back up here. Um, but uh, my parents living in Nielsville at the time told us about refuge. And um, as we were visiting uh, them, uh, we drove over here into town um, just to check the church, the church out just during the week. And, but as soon as I stepped foot out of that vehicle and placed my foot upon the asphalt of this property, I knew that I knew that God was calling us here. I've never met the pastors, never, never heard Pastor Matt speak, but I had the call of God knowing that we were supposed to, to move here. And then that was about a year before we actually moved, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we spent a year just planning and figuring out what does it look like? How do we even move across the country? And at that time I had an in-home childcare. And so I kind of did all the searching and looking and figuring out homes for sale. How do we move and make this happen? And we found out at that time, Tim was actually a store manager for Lowe's. Not a store manager. Assistant manager. Uh, a department uh, manager. Department. <laughs> he was actually I'll department take the paycheck manager. I'll as, as a store manager. <laughs> yes, department manager for Lowe's. And we found out that he was able to transfer to uh, the Lowe's here in Plover. And so then it was after the first of the year in 2008 that we finally decided we could start making um, arrangements to move and Tim accepted a position, had to come up here in February and then I was down home back in Tulsa packing up the house and getting ready to move. So things happened very quickly and it in turn became a situation that we really had to trust God and walk by faith. Yes, um, so it took almost six months for our house to sell. And so while we were up here, we were actually staying in the home of someone in the church in their basement. Um, at that time, we had two kids, um, Allie and Dylan, and Allie was in kindergarten and Dylan was two years old at the time. And so we were capped, camped out on the floor with our mattresses um, basically for six months uh, waiting for that, for that house to, to sell. And so that's often like how faith is when you're believing God for something. You're waiting for something to, to happen. And in, be, and in that waiting period, that is the time 
where you have to stay in faith, um, stay in worship, and not get frustrated. But God was always faithful, um, and He provided us a house here in mm -hmm. town. We had favor with that seller um, who was willing to wait for that house to sell in Tulsa, actually turned down other offers um, to accept our, our offer. And so God, God was still faithful. So that time of waiting really reminds me of a scripture verse in the book of Joshua. I just finished up the book of Joshua not too long ago in my morning devotions, and I thought this was, was really good. Um, see, the children of Israel, they were going into the promised land. Moses had died. Joshua took over as leader of the children of, of Israel, and um, they were crossing the Jordan River and entering into the, the promised land. And Joshua said this in chapter 23, verse 14. He said, Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth, and you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things the Lord your God promised concerning you. So even though that the children of Israel were going through tests and trials, um, during that, that time period, God was still faithful. And see, the key, the key thing is, in that first chapter, God told Joshua, um, did, I, did I not command you to do not fear, to be not dismayed, but to be strong and of good courage? See, their faith is what brought them through those tests and trials of, of facing all the different ites that we read about, the Hittites, the Perizzites, all, all those different um, it was their faith that that um, caused those walls to come down at the city of Jericho, and, they, and, and what caused them to enter into that promised land. And so, as we're facing situations in our life, count on the promises of God. Look at what God's word has promised you um, concerning your situation. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, um, Paul wrote that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. And so if you're a believer, if you have faith, then all the promises of God are made available to, to you. And, um, you know, fast forward another 15 or so years, we were um, experiencing another situation. And I think it's interesting because, um, you know, when we walk by faith, we always think that we should have an instantaneous result. But, you know, God wants us to grow in our faith and to allow that to strengthen us. He didn't promise that life would be easy, but it's more of a reward for us to learn how to walk by faith than for him to just hand things out to us. So um, 15 years or so later, we had a surprise. Um, almost three years ago, we found out that we were pregnant with our well, daughter, you were pregnant. Madeline. Yes, so. I was pregnant. But people now say, you know, we were pregnant. Yeah, we were pregnant. <laughs> but... Um, you know, it was it was an interesting time. We didn't think we were going to have any more children, but actually what is interesting is there was a time that Tim and I had talked about, do you think we should have more children? Tim might be able to share more about how he really felt like we were supposed to have another child, and it probably was more of me that said, no, we don't need to. We're just getting too yeah. old. So... I would say 
probably about five years before that, I felt like we should have another child. I always felt in my heart that we were to have three kids. And so for selfish reasons, um, we just never pursued mm -hmm. having any more, more children. And so it was, um, let's see, a month before our 20th wedding anniversary, yeah, that's right. um, we found out Jennifer was already three months pregnant at that time. So. Yeah, and you can say, well, how does that happen? How could you not know you were pregnant? Well, let's just say with my other two pregnancies, I knew right away it was very evident that I was pregnant, but this time I had thought, oh, maybe it's just that time in life. Tim makes fun of me. He thought that I was just eating too much popcorn at night when we were watching our Netflix. Popcorn but, is our favorite snack at night. We would have popcorn every night watching a show before we go to bed. So gained a lot of weight during that time too. I, I was helping her along with that. So. But yes, it wasn't until the first part of May, I was 12 weeks pregnant when we found out. So um, it was obviously, you know, a surprise to us. And yet we had that confirmation on the inside, that inward witness. We had peace. We knew that mm -hmm. this is what God had intended for us. And that overwhelming peace, knowing everything's going to be okay. This is really to complete your family. I will figure out all the details for you. Yeah. So even though um, I knew in my heart that we were supposed to have another child and we just overrode that God in his plan yeah. and purpose for Maddie found a way. saw fit to see that she was born regardless mm -hmm. of our decision with it. And now um, right at the 12 weeks when we found out I was pregnant, um, the doctor had said, okay, well, you're because you're over 35, they call it you're of advanced maternal age. And so we need to make sure we do extra ultrasounds with you, um, additional testing. And so I had gone in, um, I think it was for the 20 week ultrasound. And they had said, we really would recommend that you have a level two ultrasound at Marshfield. We feel like there could be some issues they had mentioned seeing something on her heart and wanting us to see a cardiologist um, so we went ahead and made the appointment to do that mm -hmm. and at that ultrasound we met with the doctors afterwards and all the specialists and found out that her heart was actually perfect in fact they explained to us the birth process of how um, the heart forms. It was really interesting, but there was no issue. And yet the specialist, when she came in to talk with us afterwards, she was the overall periodontologist, I think is what they call them. She had said there looks to be an issue with the umbilical cord. Um, the technical medical term is called vasa previa. And only about 100 women each year in the world have this condition. So I thought, oh boy, well, this is great. But um, when she, what she explained was that the umbilical cord, the first few weeks, is supposed to bury deep into the placenta, and it didn't. It was open, and um, 
the umbilical cord is a lot like an electrical cord. If it's open, you have all those vessels there that are exposed. So the umbilical cord, what it had done is it buried at the bottom of the placenta near the cervix, near the opening of the womb, and those vessels were exposed. So they really wanted to monitor to make sure that the baby was safe. And um, come to find out, that was another reason why I had not realized I was pregnant. I had had spotting early on, and that's because that forming had happened improperly in the beginning. So, you know, from that time, we realized we would have to have more visits and additional monitoring. Um, the doctor basically said, at the end of your pregnancy, you'll need to be hospitalized so that we can monitor you. You're not allowed to go into labor. If you do that, those vessels will burst and you'll bleed out and that's your baby's supply right there. So we had in that moment a decision to make, you know, were we going to take everything on and, and bury the burden on our shoulders or were we going to walk by faith and not by fear? And I wanted to share um, the um, what's on the We Are Refuge website that Pastor Matt has shared about in talking about faith over fear these last few weeks. It's really important that we have a revelation of what does that mean. And we hope our desire is that our personal experience really gives you that peace and knowing hey, if we can go through these things, anybody can. And um, the quote on the website that Pastor Matt said is, it's easy to focus on your fears when you can't control your future. But thankfully, Jesus knows your future and he's always by your side. He calls you to live by faith and not by sight. Whenever you find yourself overwhelmed by life, you have two choices. You can either focus on your circumstance or focus your eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, we had a decision to make. Were we going to focus on the circumstance or were we going to focus on Jesus? And mm -hmm. like Tim had said earlier, we knew that God had wanted us to have another child. And so we had to learn to walk through that. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to know about the scriptures. It's one thing to read them, but it's another thing to put them into practice when mm -hmm. you're going through a situation. Right. And so that is where the rubber meets the road. You find out really quickly what you believe when you're mm -hmm. faced with the situation. Are you going, you have a decision to make. Am I going to live in fear or am I going to live in faith? Am I going to speak doubt and unbelief or, I'm or am I going to say what the Word of God says? And so the Apostle Paul said in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith. Um, and then he quotes David from the Psalms, uh, we believe, um, therefore we speak. And then Paul goes on to say, we also believe, therefore we speak. And so the spirit of faith is what, is what you believe and what you speak. It's believing and speaking. And Paul's very positive about it. He says, we have the spirit of faith. Mm -hmm. It's not maybe so, I hope so, boy, gee, 
I wish I had it. No, he was positive. He said, we have the spirit of faith. We believe and therefore we speak. And so we were faced with that situation. Were we going to take up the spirit of faith and speak over that situation, the truth of God's word, or or were we going to cower in fear and and unbelief? So then after that, what we did is we, um, we had really prayed about, well, what what are we going to name our child? And we actually talked with our children, Allie and Dylan, about that. And we asked them for suggestions. We talked about it as a family. We prayed about it. And we decided that, you know, we, as an affirmation of our faith, wanted to speak life over her, wanted to give her a name with purpose and meaning. So we decided to call her Madeline Rose, which means God's gift to us. And the name Madeline, um, is derived from Mary Magdalene and her serving God. The other reason why we wanted to name her uh, Madeline is uh, Maddie or Madeline is derived from the word, the Hebrew word uh, Magadala. And what Magadala is, is a region or a territory around the Sea of Galilee. And so we hear in the Bible, Mary Magdalene, um, she's named Mary Magdalene because she was around that area of Magadala. And that region around the Sea of Galilee is predominantly where Jesus performed all his mighty works of miracles, of healing um, and praying for the sick and all his teaching. um, A lot of his teaching was done in that region. And so that name uh, would be very significant um, with Maddie, that she is a miracle baby. And we believe that she will proclaim God's miraculous work um, of the um, of Jesus Christ in, in, in the earth. And so um, there's a significant purpose for Maddie, and that's why we believe that God gave her to, to us. Right. And she has been such a joy to our family. I cannot describe how much joy that, that she brings to each and one of a, our, our, our kids and and me and my wife, um, she has just been a complete joy. Well, and part of that too is while I was pregnant, we had scripture verses. Well, at least I had a book that I read called Supernatural Birth. And in that book, it has scripture verses to confess as you're walking through pregnancy, talking about what the child will be like and confessing things over their life. So I started doing that before she was even born. And I'm telling you, it's amazing Mm -hmm. because even her demeanor, she's very compliant. She's funny. Um, It's just, it's God's Mm -hmm. testimony. That's all we can say. And so, um, you know, fast forward to the end of our, of my pregnancy, I was at 36 weeks and it was the day after Labor Day and I had to um, admit myself into the hospital at Marshfield Clinic and um, stay there for observation. Again, they didn't want me to go into labor. They wanted me to wait until I was far enough along. Actually, I wasn't at 36 weeks. I was only at 32 weeks. They wanted me to try to stay in the hospital for a month to get to that 36 week point before having a C-section. So she went in the Tuesday right after um, Labor Day, um, 2017. So, yep, yeah. 2017. And then you were going to be in the hospital for three weeks, and then they were going to do a C-section, I believe, on September 24th? Yep. Was it? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the meantime, I was monitored and it was only about three days later that I started having contractions. And those contractions are normal at that time in pregnancy. However, the contractions caused the umbilical cord or caused her head, her head was already down in the birth canal and she was pushing on the umbilical cord, which is right under her head. And so it was causing her heart rate to go down. And the doctors, after monitoring, I think I was on those machines for 12 hours, they finally said, we're going to have to go in and deliver your baby today. So that was the Thursday night after that, the same week of that Tuesday when she went in. And so um, she had called me um, that, um, that Thursday night. And so she was over in Marshfield. So I drove over there, got there. Um, probably around 10 30 11 o'clock on Thursday night and spent the the night in the hospital room um, mm-hmm. with 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 you then and then that's when the doctors came in um, probably around 6 30 or so and said that they need to get her out now yeah and so it was a little bit later in the morning that they had an operating room open and said we can go ahead and do your c-section now Um, And so in that moment, we really had to choose, okay, this is something I've never had to do before, never had a surgery. It was an Mm -hmm. unknown, but I was reminded of how to walk by faith and that I needed to just rejoice and thank God in that moment. And, um, you know, everything came out just fine. The surgery took a matter of 15 minutes. Um, She came out perfect. Obviously, she was only at 33 weeks, so she had to be on oxygen and had a feeding tube. We were in Marshfield for that first month, and that was a whole season in and of itself, too. But again, I purpose to really ask God, you know, show me people that can come across my path that I can reach out to while I'm here. You know, I know my child is going to be fine, but there are others here that don't have have your hope in them um, they need that assurance too and so I met so many different families and when you put life in perspective you realize your circumstance that you're going through is all about perspective someone else mm-hmm. could be going through something that's a whole lot worse mm-hmm. you know I saw babies where their their intestines were born on the outside of their body they needed to have surgery things you don't even I never thought was even possible for a baby to be born like that, people go through that. It's real stuff. Um, And uh, for me, I think the scripture verse, and Tim and I had talked about this, that comes to mind just as a real example of the circumstances that we've been through is going through Romans chapter 4 of Abraham's um, tests and trials and how he walked by faith. And it's a daily practice. It's, you know, it's not something that happens instantaneously, but we have a choice as to how the outcome will happen. If you Mm -hmm. want to share more about that. All right, before I um, talk about Romans 4, I just wanted to mention uh, real quick, um, when they, back in the hospital when uh, Maddie was born, as they were prepping Jennifer, um, and they, they wheeled her out of the room to, um, take her into the operating room to um, um, 
proceed with this, with the C-section, um, I had to wait in her room. And so when you're faced with that, um, with those situations and they're wheeling your wife away, um, you have all kinds of thoughts going through your head, um, all kinds of thoughts of doubt and, and unbelief and, and fear. And so those things can grip you if you let it. And so what I did is um, I had my, my phone and my, and my headphones as well. So I just put my headphones on and, and then just started playing worship music. And uh, one That's of the good. songs that I listened to uh, was It Is Well. Um, it's a re-release by Bethel Music. Um, they came out with that a, a couple years ago. And so It Is Well with my soul. And so no matter um, the waves and the wind, may roar, um, the storms may come, but because of my confidence in God, because of my trust in my Savior Jesus, it is well with my soul. There is peace that is on the inside no matter what is going on on the outside. And so uh, you may be sitting at home now and um, you may not know Jesus and you're going through turmoil in your life. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you that if you become a Christian that you'll never go through storms again, that you'll never go through hard times. But when you have Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, as, you, as the treasure of your life, he gives you the ability and the strength and the peace to go through the storms. And so Jennifer had mentioned uh, Romans chapter four uh, with Abraham and um, how he was believing God uh, for the, the son of Isaac that God promised him. And so he, he was faced with circumstances. He was, he was an old man. Um, Sarah was a very old woman. It was impossible um, science-wise um, to, to have children. Um, kind of like us, we were old, <laughs> we were old, uh, you know, we were in our 40s, but anyways. Um, so Abraham, when he was faced with the circumstances of, of his own body, when he saw his body a hundred years old, as good as dead, or, and it says when he saw the, the bareness of Sarah's womb, he didn't consider those circumstances. He considered his faith in God, and it says that he was fully persuaded, giving glory to God. And that's what faith is. Faith is a conviction. It's being fully persuaded about something. It's being fully persuaded of what God's word says, his promises. And it says, and he was strengthened as he gave glory to God, and, and that is worship. And so when you're, when you're faced with the, those situations of life, faith always expresses itself in thanksgiving and worship. And so be, when you're faced with those trials, those circumstances, um, look to God's word, find out what his promises say, um, get that into your heart, begin to speak those promises, and then begin to worship and thank God. You may be watching today and you may be asking yourself, well, I don't, how can I have that kind of faith? I, I can't believe and trust God like you have. Well, I want you to know that you can, you can have that relationship with God just like we do. Um, we can pray with you. We want to make sure that uh, you have that personal relationship with God too. The first step into getting this type of faith is simply just to cry out to Jesus, to make him not only the savior of your life, but 
the Lord of your life, to submit your all to him. And we do this simply by just what we call around here at Refuge, the Believer's Prayer. It's for those who have a saving faith in Christ um, to acknowledge him, to acknowledge what he has done for us in, in our life. And so if you want to, you can just simply repeat this prayer after me and make these words your own. Dear Father God, I come now before you. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. I repent of it. I turn from it. Father, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for for my sin in my place, that he bore my shame, bore my guilt, and he paid the price for my redemption. I ask that he would come into my heart now, make me a new person, um, give me that peace that I've been searching for, Give me that joy that I have been longing for. I thank you now, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.net.